Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all, as always, for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. And to open things up this morning, I figured I'd start with quite an interesting update we received from Jeff Agrest of the Chicago Sun-Times earlier this morning regarding uh, some news on the Chicago Blackhawks broadcast booth for the upcoming season. And it sounds like a big time hire is on track to be announced here in the coming days as Agress reported that uh, Darren Pang is currently on track to be the newest TV analyst for the Chicago Blackhawks. Pang, of course, has been around for quite some time. He was actually a goalie before all of his broadcasting career for the Chicago Blackhawks in the 1980s, was a finalist for the Calder Cup trophy in 1988, but uh, unfortunately had his career kind of derailed due to knee injuries, I believe is what it was. Um, And actually he sought out some advice from at the time, Blackhawks general manager, Bob Pulford, who told him he should kind of go into broadcasting. And that's exactly what Darren Pang did. And over the last decade and a half, he's worked for numerous different companies, ESPN, uh, ABC. He's worked in the radio here in Chicago at multiple different spots. And most recently, of course, working as a TV analyst for TNT throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. And in my opinion, he's always been uh, a really good guy to have either up in the booth or down below in between the benches. He's very active, always instigating conversations and, and finding out, you know, kind of the mood on the bench or what players are talking about. If a head coach is upset, he's just very active and very engaged at all times. And he always brings that high energy. You can tell he truly cares about the game and has an interest of not only what's going on on the ice, but also kind of all the storylines that are playing out, as I mentioned, on the bench and some of the other things that, you know, kind of get bypassed a little bit based on, you know, the fast paced game and everything that's going on. He makes sure you're really informed of a full landscape of everything that's going on out there. So I'm really excited about this hire uh, and bringing in Darren Pang. Let me know down below in the comments section how you feel about Panger joining the Blackhawks broadcast booth, or at least it so seems to be the case. Um, And I also, you know, I'm maybe uh, not in the majority here, but I've always loved Darren Pang's holy jumping call. I know he does kind of say it a little bit too frequently, but I do think it adds some cool emphasis. And it is one of my favorite catchphrases around the NHL when I'm listening to games. It's almost like a not putting Darren Pang in the Doc Emmerich conversation, but it's almost like a key catchphrase, like a waffle board in a way, which reminds me just how much I miss the great Doc Emmerich. Hockey truly isn't the same without him. Um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, the holy jump and call for Darren Pang. I personally like it. I know some people out there might not agree with me, but uh, one thing I will guarantee is we're going to be hearing a lot of holy jumpins if Panger is going to be a new TV analyst for the Blackhawks, like it, it sounds like he's going to be uh, with, you know, Connor Bedard set to come to town in just 
three weeks, by the way, Blackhawks fans, down to 21 days, three weeks away from the 2023 NHL draft. You can bet your sweet rear end we're going to be hearing uh, a lot of holy jumpings out of Darren Pang with Connor Bedard on the ice for the Blackhawks later on this fall. So I'm personally excited about the hire. I think he brings a good intensity, a good energy, and just a good knowledge of the game and also of the Blackhawks franchise and of the organization. He's familiar with it. He knows uh, what it's like to be a media member per se here in Chicago as a former radio voice. And he's obviously well experienced and has put together a really, really solid resume over the years. So I'm pretty stoked about Darren Pang set to join the Blackhawks broadcast booth. And I also think um, it, it was a pretty sneaky steal from the division rival, I don't know if you can call them much of a rival at this point. The Blackhawks and Blues hasn't felt like a, a really good fight for quite some time now, really ever since the 2016 Stanley Cup playoffs. But Darren Pang, of course, was a TV analyst and a color commentator for the St. Louis Blues with Bally Sports for, well, Bally Sports is relatively new and could be uh, out here soon. Um but Darren Pang was part of the Blues organization and was a broadcaster with them for 14 years. And uh, I saw a lot of unhappy Blues fans on Twitter to see that Darren Pang was going to be joining the enemy, if you will, and was going to be uh, becoming part of the Chicago Blackhawks organization moving forward. I know he was thought of uh, in a really high regard by Blues fans, and uh, I don't really know how they could have... Uh, let him hit the open market. I know there's some concerns going around with Valley Sports right now and their financial side of things, but it almost kind of reminded me of the Eddie Olchek situation from last year. Like, how do you really let this guy who's, you know, one of the, ooh, I don't want to say, I guess he is one of the best at what he does around the entire game. Not like Olchek in a sense, but um, there are obviously a lot of suitors from what I heard and for the Blackhawks to be the ones to scoop him up away from the Blues. Uh, I think this is a massive win for the Blackhawks and a couple of different reasons moving forward. But as far as how adding Panger kind of affects the rest of the Blackhawks booth moving forward, um, Pang is still currently under contract with TNT. I believe he just inked a new three-year deal with them. So I just brought up Eddie Olchak kind of in a similar fashion to what he did when he was still part of the Blackhawks broadcast booth. Every now and then he'd be going to do national games on, you know, whatever channel it may be on. Now it's looking like TNT for Darren Pang. Um, the Blackhawks will likely have someone fill in for Panger during those games. So it's not going to be Panger each and every game, but we can expect him to be there alongside Chris Vosters for the majority of them. But what I'm very interested to see is how is this going to affect Patrick Sharp, because I feel like Sharpie, uh, despite all the criticism around the Blackhawks broadcast team last year, I never felt like it was really aimed at the direction of Patrick Sharp. And I personally thought he had a pretty good season, first season for being in the Blackhawks broadcast booth. So I personally would like to see Sharp kind of be the one who uh, serves as the fill-in role whenever Darren Pang is going to do national games up on TNT. But I also did see on Twitter today that Barstool Chief, who whenever he tweets things, you got to take him with a grain of salt. Sometimes he is reliable. Sometimes he's not whatsoever. He did tweet out today that he heard that Patrick Sharp is out of the bro uh, the Blackhawks broadcast booth. So that would certainly be a bit disappointing to me. I, again, I think he would be the perfect filler whenever Pang has to go do the national stuff, but it sounds like that may be Troy Murray's job if Barstool Chief is uh, spot on with this report. Um, seems like the, the Blackhawks wanted 
um, Murray to kind of get back to a full-time radio role. He's just so good there and so comfortable. And there were just a lot of moving parts last year when they were scrambling to fill in for Pat and Eddie. Um, I think they ideally would like to leave Troy Murray alone in the broadcast booth. But if Sharpie is out, he's probably going to be the one that has to step in there. Um, and we also know that because as of today, Colby Cohen announced that he'll be leaving the Blackhawks organization as well and is moving back to Philadelphia with his family at this point in time. I don't know if there was a conversation between NBC Sports Chicago and Colby Cohen um, about the future of the broadcast booth and I don't know if there was a conversation there or not, but Cohen did kind of make it seem like on Twitter that this was a bit of a personal decision. Not sure if that's the case, um, but I know there are going to be some happy Blackhawks fans out there that Colby Cohen's not going to be part of the booth any longer. I personally liked him in between the glass. I thought that's where he did a lot of good work and almost similar to uh, um, Darren Pang feels the intensity better, I think, in between the benches than he does in the broadcast booth where sometimes he just got a little too chatty with Chris Vosters, in my opinion. Um, but Colby Cohen officially will not be coming back to the Blackhawks organization. Wish him all the best in his future endeavors. He's a super good guy. Always nice to me whenever I interacted with him. I thought he provided some good insight in between the benches as well and has a really good understanding of prospects. I always appreciated hearing him kind of talk about several of the Blackhawks prospects that they had around these last couple of years. I thought he provided some great information there. So wishing Colby uh, nothing but the best in his future endeavors. But to kind of sum all of this up, Darren Pang is going to be coming to Chicago. It sounds like they're just figuring out all of the final details. It's been reported by numerous media outlets. So it sounds like Chris Vosters and Darren Pang are going to be the duo in the broadcast booth for the majority of next season. I know there are some fans out there who aren't in love with Chris Vosters, and I really am not either. He certainly needs to find a better goal call then and a score. It's Absolutely brutal, but I've given him the benefit of the doubt. I know he got kind of got thrown into a tough situation, stepping in for Pat Foley, being a guy who really didn't do a lot of hockey play-by-play -play earlier on in his career, so he's still kind of finding his footing a little bit. I did see improvements last year for sure. I would like him to kind of continue down that path and round himself out a little bit more this year, but make no, no mistake about it, whether you like him or not, Chris Vosters is 99.9% .9 chance going to be coming back as the play-by-play. -play. Darren Pang will be his color commentator more times than not. We'll see what winds up happening as to the official word on Patrick Sharp, but it sounds like either he or Troy Murray then would be in the fill-in role whenever Darren Pang has to go up and do national games for TNT. All right, coming up in just a moment here, I will be getting into Connor Bedard's entertaining night in Vegas for game two of the Stanley Cup final, as well as his recent run through and rack up of CHL awards. But first, I need to talk to you all about bird dogs. And if you're looking for fit, comfort, and versatility, then look no further than bird dogs. I personally love their stretchy fabric that makes me extra comfortable in their shorts and pants, and they give me the freedom to wear them to kind of whatever situation I want, whether I'm going out on the golf course about to shoot around with my friends, whether I'm going to an important meeting, or if I'm just hanging back and relaxing, they're perfect for every situation. And honestly, I was wearing bird dogs before they became a sponsor of the show. I have a lot of friends that wear their stuff. They're incredibly comfortable. You can wear them in any type of situation, and I would recommend them to everyone. So make sure to go and 
take advantage of the deal that Lockdown is giving you, go to birddogs.com slash Lockdown NHL. And when you enter the promo code Lockdown NHL in all caps, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. Again, just go and use the promo code Lockdown NHL to get a free tumbler with every single order of your Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, the comfiest shorts and pants in the game. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, if you haven't done so already, please do me a huge favor. Make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I've been getting a lot of new viewers and a lot of new listeners here lately. Do me a huge favor. Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Really puts a big old smile on my face and helps me out greatly. So go do that. Takes two seconds out of your day. If you're a consistent audio listener of the podcast, greatly appreciate your support there as well. Why don't you go and leave me a review? You can do it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and preferably leave a positive one. That would always be great. Uh, And also go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. I'm going to be having a giveaway coming out here, I think, This Monday is when I'm going to officially announce it. And then just as a spoiler alert, one of the things you're going to have to do to qualify, you're going to have to be following Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. So go and get that out of the way right now. Go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. I greatly appreciate all of your support. All right, segment two. For those of you who don't know, there's kind of a cool ritual that the NHL does during the Stanley Cup final every year as they bring out some of the projected top overall picks ahead of the uh, NHL draft itself. It's been a, a common thing we've seen year after year after year. And on Tuesday night, yeah, Tuesday night out in Vegas, the NHL brought out projected number one overall pick in our future king, Connor Bedard, along with Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson, and Will Smith. Those four were in attendance at Vegas for game two of the Stanley Cup final. Um, and it was kind of an eventful day for Connor Bedard. Put on a little bit of a, a media ringer, if you will. He first held a press conference ahead of the game itself and um, showed that he's been uh, – taught well as to how to handle the mic and how to handle the pressure of the media in your face. As far as um, Bedard being asked about potentially being selected to the Blackhawks at number one overall, as if, you know, it's not a sure thing at this point, as if anyone would think something different is going to happen. But Bedard answers respectfully. He's been saying, you know, if they select me, uh, that would be unbelievable. He also, you know, with that comment kind of put to rest any of the naysayers out there who were thinking that the uh, Bedard was going to refuse to play for the Chicago Blackhawks, kind of like a Eric Lindros situation from all those years ago. Uh, yeah, that got put to bed pretty quickly when Bedard said, yeah, it would be unbelievable if the Blackhawks drafted me. And then he went on to talk about how excited he would be to play for an original six franchise. He talked about the special sports culture here in Chicago and just how passionate and how incredible the fan base is here and talked about how he would enjoy all of those things. So yeah, pretty safe to say that Connor Bedard would not mind playing for a big market original six franchise like the Chicago Blackhawks. So that was kind of the, the first thing that I wanted to mention, not that that's any groundbreaking news or anything, but I have had people in my comments section saying, Bedard should refuse to play for the Blackhawks. Yeah, 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 I, I hear you. I have an episode where I talked about all of that. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry to say. Connor Bedard is going to be coming to Chicago on June 28th, if you didn't know already. 
it's going to be happening. But the best part of the night, the most entertaining part of the night, was undoubtedly when Connor Bedard went up and, you know, uh, handled the TNT panel of guys really well, had a fun and entertaining type of conversation. You could tell as a 17-year-old kid, I mean, you're up there with Wayne Gretzky, you're up there with a bunch of former NHLers. Um, obviously, it's a Stanley Cup final game, a big atmosphere. You could tell he was a little bit nervous and kind of had a nervous smile on his face the entire time, but I thought he absolutely made the most of it. He had some really... Uh, funny and cool stories about Wayne Gretzky when he was like 14 years old, Wayne O sent him a text or something. And he, he didn't believe it was Wayne. He thought it was a prank or something along those lines. And then obviously the part that ended up going viral all over social media was Bedard kind of hitting a uh, biz with a little bit of a quick jab saying about how it's kind of surreal that he's up there on that panel with all these special NHL players and, you know, business here too, which was a pretty awesome jab out of Connor Bedard, but a, a very entertaining and, and fun night on TNT for our future King. It's nice to see him have that type of personality and be able to enjoy those type of moments. You know, it, it feels like something where you got to be super buttoned up and worried about all your answers. And while well, he kept it professional, it also seemed like he, he really made the most of the moment and enjoyed himself while doing it. So I, I think that was just a pretty cool moment to see out of Connor Bedard um, ahead of game two of the Stanley Cup final, just three weeks away before he gets selected number one overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. And I also wanted to be sure to talk about Bedard racking up CHL awards recently as well, folks. Bedard became the first player in CHL history to win the David Branch Player of the Year Award, the Top Scorer Award, and the Top Draft Prospect Award in the same season. First player in WHL history. And while that's not maybe not, uh, the most surprising thing ever considering the video game-like numbers that he put up for Regina this year in the WHL, the best numbers really of any prospect ever. Um, not surprising that he ended up winning all three of these awards, but just another reminder of how special a talent the Blackhawks are really getting here with the first overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. Again, for those of you who may not have heard it clearly, the first player ever in CHL history to win all three of those awards in the very same season. All right, don't go anywhere, Blackhawks fans. Still got some good stuff coming up as I need to get into 17-year-old forward Dalibor Dvorsky's 2023 NHL draft profile. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals. We got the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat Game 3 going on here tonight. The series tied up 1-1, to and you don't want to miss out. And that's because... For new customers, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 by just going to fanduel.com slash locked on. All you got to do is go and place your first bet, and you'll get up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. And I've personally been riding with Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler's overs on three-pointers basically the entire NBA playoffs. It's been very profitable. I greatly appreciate everything that uh, FanDuel has done for me throughout the NBA postseason. So make sure to make sure you don't miss out on your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduelcom on to sign up. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, before I wrap up today's show, folks. 
it's time to get into my next 2023 NHL draft profile. And today, I'll be covering 17-year-old center Dalibor Dvorsky, six foot one, 200 pounds, that just finished up uh, playing professional hockey in uh, the second division over in Sweden. By the way, make sure to get all caught up on all of my 2023 NHL draft profiles. I've already gone over numerous prospects such as Colby Barlow, Andrew Crystal, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Perot, Matthew Wood, and most recently until today, Gavin Brindley. But getting into Dalibor Dvorsky, a very interesting prospect here ahead of the 2023 NHL draft. He's the top Slovak prospect in the entire draft and also one of the youngest players as well with a July birthday. As I referenced, he's still only 17 years old, and that's pretty impressive when you kind of get into his career path and the way that he plays the game. As I referenced, Dvorsky played in uh, the Hockey Alsvenskan League this year, which is the second division of professional hockey over in Sweden, and he tallied 14 points in 38 games, six goals, and eight assists. Uh, and I know those numbers don't really jump off the charts or anything, but he was 17 years old and a young 17 year old playing against grown men. And he actually had the fourth highest point per game clip of any player that played in the Hockey Alsvenskan League uh, since 2000. And excuse me. And the only players that he trailed, uh, you've probably heard of them. It was Elias Pettersson. David Posternak and William Nylander. So yeah, three all-stars at the NHL level. Pretty good company there for Dalibor Dvorsky. Uh, and he's actually been playing professional hockey in spurts for quite some time. Believe it or not, he was 15 years old in Slovakia playing professional hockey. He only played 20 games there that season, bounced around a couple of different leagues. But tallying four points in 20 games, against grown men as a 15-year-old. Undoubtedly impressive stuff out of Dalibor Dvorsky. Um, he also, whenever he has gotten an opportunity to play at a, a U-20 group over the last two years, he's put up much better offensive numbers. So don't strictly just look at what he did in the Swedish second division this year, 14 points in 38 games. Look at what he's done, and, and that's still against competition that's older than him, right? As a 16, 17-year-old, putting up uh, over a point per game rate against some 19, 20-year-olds. Still really good offensive stuff out of Dalibor Dvorsky. Um, in terms of his offense, this is where uh, I kind of have a hard time judging exactly what type of player he's going to be because whenever I watch the film on him, and to be fair, when I watch film on these guys, I usually break down stuff for a day. There's just so many prospects to go through, right? And I can only take on so much information. So. In the videos that I watched, I personally felt like there was a little bit left to be desired with Dalibor Dvorsky's offensive game. Uh, don't get me wrong. He can absolutely wire the puck. A beautiful wrister, good curl and drag, lots of power on both that and his slap shot. Really good accuracy. Um, a lot of goals. He's shooting through screens in front and picking exactly where he needed to in order to get the puck by his goaltender. I think that shot of his is undoubtedly his best offensive attribute and what gives him the best chances of being a successful NHL player at the next level. I just thought there wasn't a whole lot of dynamic plays to his game. And 
look, maybe I'm reading that wrong. There, there were a lot of times where Dvorsky just made the simple and easy play ahead of him. He does have a good hockey IQ and he does recognize plays really well. I just felt like for a guy who's kind of projected to be and has been for quite some time, maybe a top 10 pick in this year's draft, he has slid a little bit, but for a player who's projected to go as high as he is, I do have some questions about his all-around playmaking ability and whether or not he's going to be a driver of the puck in transition. And, you know, look, this is going to be uh, kind of foreshadowing here. This isn't going to be a guy that's going to be available, I don't believe, for the Blackhawks at number 19. So going that high in a draft that's respected as this is, I just kind of have some concerns about that offensive playmaking ability. And I wonder about whether or not he's going to be able to be a top six point producer at the next level. Uh, But where he does his best work offensively for me is the power play. He might be the most impressive power play player that I've broken down so far here in the 2023 NHL draft. And that's really where his full offensive package kind of, comes all together, the vision, the high hockey IQ, the passing ability. I I do think he's a good passer. I don't think he's the best passer in this draft or the greatest playmaker, but he is a very capable passer, good at finding open passing lanes on the power play. He keeps his head up, reads those uh, circle-to-circle passes, and he also pairs that with the ability to absolutely fire a one-timer past the goaltender from the right dot, and he also is patient with the puck there too knows when it's the time to shoot it, knows when he can hold on to it for an extra second, knows when he has to dish it off to his teammate and recognizes where there's some open spots on the penalty kill. So uh, those are kind of the tools to me that have always stood out the most about Dalibor Dvorsky's offensive game. So there are some concerns there, but I do believe he has the tools to be a, a very sound NHL player and is capable of um being a, a defensive force and um, has a lot of the tools to do good things away from the puck too. He has a big body that he knows how to use, can bump people off of the puck, uh, is noticeable on the forecheck, doesn't quit on plays, someone who will chip the puck into the offensive zone and go and get it himself. So there are a lot of things to like. And while the playmaking might not necessarily be there, a lot of folks believe he has some other good tools that'll still make him a solid NHLer. So getting into the rankings here for Dalibor Dvorsky, uh, he was ranked seventh by McKean's Hockey, ninth by Craig Button and Bob McKenzie, 11th by the Hockey News, Sportsnet, and Elite Prospects. So three different reputable draft sites have him at number 11. And then uh, he was down to number 17, according to Dauber Prospects, who always have a little bit of a different outlook on things than most draft sites. So kind of the consensus is that he's likely to go somewhere between 7, 8, and 15 is where I'd imagine. So again, I think the Blackhawks would probably have to trade up for Dalibor Dvorsky if they were wanting him. Uh, As far as his strengths, I think he's got a powerful wrister and a slap shot. I think that's his best offensive asset and is one of the better goal scorers in this draft. He also has a really sound compete level and is a proven hard worker against grown men. Already knows what it takes to play against that size of opponent and has been doing it since he was 15 years old. So a lot of good professional experience under Dalibor Dvorsky's belt. And you never can... 
Um, underestimate that. It's always good having that pro experience. I also think he's going to be an absolute weapon on the power play for whatever team drafts him. Really good shot at the right circle. Good playmaking, as I talked about. Those are really the strengths of Dalibor Dvorsky's game to me. The biggest weaknesses are, are his high-end speed. I think he's got a fine stride and um, is an okay skater, but he just doesn't have that top-level speed. And as I referenced, I just don't know if he pairs that with a d- dynamic enough playmaking ability to get it done at the NHL level with the pace that they play at. So I have some concerns there about Dalibor Dvorsky. I think he's always going to be more of a goal scorer than a playmaker. And yeah, just doesn't really have a dynamic tra- transition game and doesn't do anything that wows you. And again, you can kind of look at it two different ways. But for me personally, with a guy who's projected to go this high between numbers eight and 15, there are just some concerns to me. So if I were the Chicago Blackhawks, I wouldn't be looking to trade up for Dalibor Dvorsky. If he slides at number 19 and they like him, then that's kind of the situation. But for a guy who lacks that top end speed, like I just referenced, We heard that's really what the Blackhawks want to be adding in this year's draft. So I personally have a hard time thinking Dalibor Dvorsky is on their radar. Um, I think he is a safe bet to be a third line goal scorer, but I just have some concerns about whether or not he's going to have the speed, um, the the skating, and just the playmaking ability to be a, a top six staple for a very good NHL team. So that's how I feel about Dalibor Dvorsky. It's going to be very interesting to see where he winds up. Is a team going to take a chance on him in the top 10, or is he going to start falling as we get into the teens a little bit? All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, June 7th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman too, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at talk and hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.